Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hi, my name's John Macken. I uh, signed for Preston North End in 1997 to 2002 uh, when I left. Uh, at the moment, I'm currently... Doing my badges, coaching. Uh, I do a coach at a BTEC, Man City community side of it, which is uh, the college and the educational side of it. Uh, just do that part time. Currently not managing at the moment, but I was managing semi professional as well. So uh, just looking to explore them avenues at the moment. Brilliant. Uh, first and foremost, thank you very much for coming on. Pleasure. Much appreciated. So, on to you then. Um, you came through at Man United, and I think, did you sign professionally as well, but you, you never actually played for yep, them? I did, yeah. Yep, I did. Um, I how, how was that, sort of? Obviously, it's a bit of a like an odd, an odd thing to sign professionally for a club, but then never actually to go on and make an appearance for them. Yeah, well, I think what I did was, you see, what happened, it was... When I first went there, I was obviously assigned uh, YTS forms from school. Yeah. Went in the youth team. You know, I was injured quite a bit when I was early on when I first went in there. You know, I had a bad back injury, and then obviously broke into the team, broke into the youth team, broke into the reserves. Uh, was playing regularly. Was doing was doing quite well. Yeah. Got offered professional one year professional terms, and in that that year, I actually I actually did I did very well. You know, I was producing some very good performances. I was playing regularly for the reserves. Uh, I say playing regular was obviously in and out with the with the squad they had, you know, at the time. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was very demanding, but uh, I was in and out. But I was scoring goals, and I was I was featuring in the squad. You know, mm-hmm. also you know starting. I was getting the, the the odd start, and you know I had a very good relationship with the the manager Jim Ryan at the time. Uh, he's one that you know played a big part in in that period, the two or three years that I, I spent with him, who had a big big influence on my career and our our. How I went about myself when I, you know, when I turned professional. Yeah, he was. Uh, he really took a, I won't say shine, and you know, it's might be the wrong word, but he took a, a liking to me, and he really, he pushed me. He, yeah, you know, he drove me forward. He, he, he found out. He knew what made me tick, and he knew what made what he he believed he needed to do, and how he treated me to make me a better player. Mm-hmm. And he did do that. You know, and uh, that season I got picked for England for the Under Twenty World Cup. We went over to Malaysia, which we had an unbelievable team at the time. You know. Your Carrigers, your David Lucas was in was in net. Yeah, I remember. I had Lucas was my my first guest on the podcast, and he, he said when when he went and played for the under twenties, he said it was just like looking back at some of the names it was unbelievable. Oh, it was, it was it was it was ridiculous, really. We got me by Argentina. Their team was phenomenal. They won it, I think, in the end. Yeah. But, uh, and then obviously I got offered a contract before I went there. Another year's contract from Manchester United. Yeah. But, you know, I'd, I'd, I had had little sniffs in and around beforehand uh, with different clubs asking me mm-hmm. you know, would I would I be interested in going signs or you know I spoke to one or two of them but in 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 that uh, when I come back from the World Cup obviously I got the, the phone call from Preston and you know I, listen I was going to sign for Man United I was, you know, it was all there it was all done Preston came in and I made the decision thinking about it that I really wanted to go and play first-team football. I want to go in further yeah. in my career. Man United at the time, I think they just signed Solskjaer. They had three or four individuals who was, at the time, Paul Scholes was still playing more or less as a, a, a striker role, a forward role, you know. Yeah, so yeah. It, was, it was one of them where, I think Eric Neverland as well, they just signed uh, from from Norway, the Norwegian lad, who, who he, uh, yes, yeah, so they just signed him. So it was just a case of, well, really, I could have stayed. I could have thought, which you know, there was no, there was no real fear of me doing that. Yeah, it, it was just a case of, it was just a case of I just wanted to go and further my career and and you know play first team football. And I seen Preston, I met Gary Peters, had a look around the ground, and literally they, they sold it to me. Colin Murdoch had just signed for him, so he was telling me about what they, you know, what the uh, what it was about and what they wanted to go and achieve. And yeah, you know, he sold me the, he sold me what it was all about and. You know, looking back now, it was it was a, it was a great move for me. You know, listen, I could have stayed. You know, I could have stayed, and I might have made 
a couple of appearances. I might have made the first two appearances. You know, I might have done, might have played well. But in hindsight, you can always look back, can't you? But yeah, uh, I, my decision, and I'll never regret it ever, was was going to Preston North End. Yeah. Um, obviously, you're born in Manchester. Um, are you a, are you a United fan or a City fan or neither? That, yeah, that was the one that I was going to tell you about. That's a tricky one. Everyone always asks me that, and I always go, well, uh. <laughs> but you know, to be fair, you know, I followed City with my dad when I was a young kid, because yeah. uh, obviously my dad was a City fan, and then obviously I went to United. I was at United to nine years of age, so yeah. I think naturally you're always going to try and, you know, you're going to get more of a, a following towards that, towards that route, really. Yeah. So, obviously, you were a couple of years, well, a little, maybe a little bit more than a couple of years, but near enough behind the class of '92. Yes. Did you did you have much exposure to them when you were coming through, or not really? Did, yeah. Or no, I did. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was. You've got to remember when we was at the cliff. It's a small training ground. It's not like yeah. they are now. You know, where it's, it's kind of separated. It was a small training ground. So they was in one changing room, reserves, which was skulls, the Nevilles, and and people like that. Beckham was in another changing room, and then the first team. So, you know, we basically showers uh, in the middle of us. So, you know, we could always see, we was always interacting with them. Yeah. Uh, the, first couple of, the first couple of seasons in the youth team, it was just in and out. Some of them have come down and play in the A and B team. If you was lucky enough to get in the A team, you'd be that a bit. And then, then it was going into the uh, reserves. Yeah. Which the reserves was, uh, that was part of it. That was all part and parcel of it, where you was going to play with your Scholes, your Beckhams, your Butch, your Nevilles, and, and so on and so on. Uh, and, and there was a lot of first teamers coming down because in them days it was it was very competitive. You know, if you wasn't playing, you get your games in your reserves, and your reserves was a, a really good standard and yeah. a level. And that's that's basically where I was playing a lot of football. I mean, Paul Scholes used to drive past my house every day and pick me up every now and again, yeah. you know, and take me into training. So that's how close and you know of a of a tight group we all was at the time. Yeah, I think that says a lot about United as well at the time, doesn't it? And how they were bringing bringing the youngsters through and what they were trying to do. It does. I mean, one big thing that I I was a massive on now, and I really believe it made it had a big impact in my year when I was there and years above me and years below me that came through was at the cliff because it was small. You was always going back and you was watching training. Yeah. You know, if you wasn't training in the morning or you was injured or you was doing something, you was always watching the first team train or. You know, you was part of the, the whole group and you, you got to sense the, the atmosphere and the culture and everything around it and what, what it took. And, you know, you could hear him speak and what it meant to the players to be playing or the, the reserve players to break into the first team and train with them. And mm. it had a such profound I- impact on you as a person. You know, you really want to drive towards that. And, and, and basically, you wanted to make that step from the youth team changing rooms to the reserve team changing rooms and then reserves to the first team changing rooms. Yeah. And, you know, and that was a big, big, a big, big lesson, really. I think, and it, it was really well thought out of, of of what they did, and it shows you, you know, what a, what a great leadership and what a great management it was mm. at that time with Sir Alex Ferguson and stuff. How we, how we basically brought everybody together, yeah. You know, but still a bit separate, so you knew what you had to do and you knew how hard you had to work, but you know, you could basically touch them. And, and yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was the the, the carrot, sorry, dangling in front of your front of your face to go and to go and chase and achieve. Yeah, so you could see a clear path as well, then, couldn't you? Yeah, yeah, you could. You, you know, you could see a clear path, and you, you know, you get to interact with the first team players, which was, which was good as well. It was a great experience because sometimes you'd hear him talk, you'd hear about talk about the game, and you know, it inspired when you're seeing him in training. Yeah, you know, yeah. Eric Cantona was training when I was there, and some some fantastic players. And, you know, just watching them train, it was it was phenomenal. Yeah, um, you've you've already touched on your move to North End. Um, how did that actually come about? Was it just was it more from your point of view, or was it was it well, a bit it was, of a? Once again, totally out of the blue. Like I say, I come back from, I come back from uh, Malaysia. Uh, yeah. Colin Murdoch, obviously, when I came back from Malaysia, I think I had a week off, and then and then I come back into training. And Colin Murdoch was speaking to me because he's a good friend of mine, Colin, uh, from the United days and then Preston days as well. And you know after, and he said to me, he told me he let me know that that he was interested. Would I be interested? So I said yeah, obviously, and then. Obviously, uh, Gary spoke to the club, and then you know I, I spoke to Gary, and then basically I went down, yeah. met him, all done in one day, and it was, it, was it. basically as simple as that. It was like I say, it was, a, it was for me personally, it was a fantastic decision. It yeah. was the best decision I ever made in football, you know. And it was, uh, it was one that it was, it was such an easy choice. Sometimes yeah. you know you regret, and later on in my career, when I've been to different football clubs. 
you know, I hate the regrets, probably a bad word, but it was decisions that I shouldn't really have made yeah, at the yeah. time, signing for one club, and I shouldn't really have done it. And, you know, you kind of regret that a little bit because uh, of certain circumstances. But, you know, Preston Northam was the best decision I ever made. Yeah. Because um, there was a few few United lads, obviously, you've mentioned Colin Murdoch, Michael Appleton, David Ayres, and Gary Parkinson all moved as well, didn't they? Yeah, it, well, it was me, Colin Murdoch, and uh, Michael Appleton, and then later on, David Ely, one, he came along. Yeah, yeah, David came as well. Yeah, because he was the club's record signing, and still is, I think. Yeah, 1.2, I think he signed him, or 1.5, yeah. was it? Like 1.2, I think it was. But he was, uh, but yeah. And I think it was Colin first, and then it was me, and then it was Michael Appleton. But uh, once again, we all knew each other. We all yeah. knew, I think I think what the, the what they said to me personally was when uh, when Gary was speaking to Gary Peters before when you know, when I was signing, he was saying that him and David Moyes particularly had come and watched many many games in the reserves, and you know they'd seen me play and they'd seen what I was about and they knew what type of player I was, and they they seen me fitting in perfectly well with how they wanted to. Uh, progress the club and progress yeah. the team you know um, how did you find the move then from the premiership as it was at the time um, to the old division two in terms of playing but also like the club itself and being around the, the training ground and, and the ground and all that sort of stuff was it was it a bit of a, a shock to the system or it was yeah I mean looking back on it now I mean I was speaking to someone not long ago about this and it was it was a shock yeah it, it came about because it was uh you know, when you first go, and when when I was at Manchester United, you know, I was doing really well. I was scoring a lot of goals, and and we was winning majority of the games that we played in, in reserve yeah. level and the youth level. You know, we won more than we lost. Yeah. Way, you know, we didn't lose many. We was winning league titles. We was, you know, in, in that category. And to go to go into basically from I'd say reserve level, youth team level, even though you get in the first team mentality with the lads who were coming down. Yeah. You're not quite grasping what it's like to play on a Saturday afternoon with a big crowd and, you know, that atmosphere and training, the intensity of training. And at first, it was a bit of an eye-opener, yeah. I'd say, uh, you know, when I first came in, because obviously I missed the pre-season, mm-hmm. I wasn't quite as fit enough as I wanted to be. I probably didn't have the right... Because you see, at this time as well, I'd never been out on loan. All oh, right, so it was just purely everything was Man United. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, you know, a lot of players... I'd been, I think Michael Appleton and Colin Murphy have both been out on loan and, you know, they had had experience of that. But I didn't, you know, I was just basically, there you go, see. And even though it didn't phase me as such as I wasn't, I wasn't scared of the, the challenge, yeah. it probably was a bit of an eye-opener. It took me a little bit of time to adjust to it, to adjust to the intensity, the, the atmosphere of training, the, 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 the way certain teams play and what was needed and what was, you know, what was expected of you yeah. personally, you know, as a young lad still. Um, how was Gary then? Obviously, you said you met him and he, he sort of sold everything to you. Um, how, how was he for you as a, as a person, as a, as a manager as well? Gary was fantastic. You know, he was uh, very intense. Yeah. Very, you know, he was very intense. He demanded a lot out of you. He was always pushing you. He was always driving you forward. He was always trying to challenge you. Uh, he knew what he wanted. He knew what he, he let you know in known certain terms what he expected from you, and if you didn't give it him, then he let you know as well. You know, he tell you. So he was, yeah, he was very honest in that in that area. Uh, I think, I think what obviously you know what it was results basically. You know, he wasn't performing. Uh, I look back now, and you know, you look back at the team, and you you think right, look at them, they had, they had good success, and then certain players had moved on. They tried to keep the core of it, but they did make quite one or two changes at that time. Yeah, bring people in, and you know it probably probably had a bit of an effect. Mm. You know, at first we didn't quite gel as as well as we all should have, I suppose, and we all we all later on achieved. Yeah, but yeah. at the time, you know, it was we we had some good players. We had some very very good players, and you know, it was a tough league. But I don't think we performed. I don't think we produced as as well as we should have. Really, you know, yeah. the results were going fantastic, and <clears throat> I think it's always the, it's always the case in any season. Once results start building, going against you a little bit, that momentum, you just cannot find it. Yeah. You know, you'll lose three or four, you'll win one, maybe draw one, and you think, right, we're turning the corner, and then you'll lose two or three again. And that was basically the way it it was with Gary at the time. It started really well. I mean, I think we got off to a very good start, didn't we? I draw at Gillingham, and then we we beat Millwall 2-1, didn't we? 
It's it's well, a bit well, before my time that. Well, I think we did, yeah. I think we did, yeah. I think yeah. We got a draw because my, my my debut was Gillingham away, which was nil nil, and then we beat Millwall at home two one. So it was a good start, but then yeah. <clears throat> I just don't think we I just don't think we produced after that. Yeah. Um, how was how was Moisey then? Because he he was assistant at the time, wasn't he? He just yeah, he, had he just retired from playing. No, he's still playing. I mean, I remember oh, playing was some it? games. Yeah, I remember playing right. some cup games with with, uh, with the Moiser. Uh, so how played. how was that then from a from a player's point of view, having someone that you're looking at as a leader in the dressing room from a, from a managerial point of view, obviously yeah. as assistant manager, to then playing with him as well. Like, was there was there a difficulty managing that balance or? No, I don't think it was. To me, when I first came in there, I mean, some of the other lads might look at it differently, but for me, when I first came in there, he was a coach. Yeah. You know, he was a coach first and then he was playing as well. Right. Because he was always doing the coaching. He was, you know, he was always doing the coaching. He was always on the sideline. He was always next to Gary. He was always helping with the team selections yeah. and, and, and everything else like that. So for me personally, I always looked at him as a coach <clears throat> and then, you, you know, as, and then a player secondly. You know, right. although yeah, yeah. he was still playing, but he wasn't playing many games. He was just playing the odd games. Uh, I think one game we played Knox County away in, yeah, I think it was a cup game and we beat him 3-2 and he scored the winner. Right. I think he, he came off the bench and scored the winner, actually. But, uh, but, he was a centre-back as well, wasn't he, Moisey? He was a centre-back, yeah. yeah. And, you know, everybody tells you and everybody says uh, how vocal he was and what he was like. And, yeah. Uh, you know what a leader he was and everything and once again like I, like I say I seen him more as a coach and that's what he was he was that type, he took that type of leadership into his coaching as well mm. um, how how was it for you then settling in at, at North End obviously it's the first time you presume at the time you're thinking right I'm going to try and settle here put some roots down and start playing some football um, you've mentioned obviously that it was a good group of players did that help it did help, but it wasn't easy. It wasn't easy because there was, like, you know, there was players there who had been together for quite a while, mm. you know, so sometimes bedding in the new players don't always fit in. And they, in terms of fitting in, they're not always, I suppose, what them other players are looking for. They're, yeah. you know, they're, used to, they're used to a certain way of playing and a certain type of player and a certain attitude of a player, I suppose, in and around the dressing room and so on yeah. and so on. So, Bringing a young kid in, you know, I'm not sure. You, you'd have been about 20, 21, would you? No, I was. Well, I was nineteen when I started. But yeah. Uh, so it was it was difficult, but you know, I, like I said, it was difficult because I'd not experienced that before. Mm. I'd only experienced the youth and reserve team levels, and you know that kind of uh, atmosphere. So it was a case of it was it was bedding in. It was a case of learning your trade, learning as you go along, you know. And, and, yeah. and sometimes it was difficult. Like I said to you, I don't think I was as fit as I should have been. And you, you ask any ex-professional uh, player, and they'll always tell you if you miss pre-season, you're always struggling. You know, you're yeah. always fine. You struggle throughout the season for your fitness and your and your level of intensity and so on. And, and I did do that. You know, I'd had a busy summer period with obviously going away with England and training mm. and seeing all that, but then I'd miss a pre-season at Preston. So I was playing catch-up in, in many ways, but you know, it wasn't a great start for me personally. So obviously, you've got that. You got that side of it. Yeah. You know, the, the mental side of it where you, you, you're concerned because you want to be going scoring. Like I said to you, I've been playing in winning teams and winning environments and, and I've been scoring goals and then all of a sudden you're not. You're in this environment where teams aren't winning and, and you're not really producing yourself. Yeah. You're not getting the performance level that you want and, and you know, you're, you're looking around for, I suppose, a bit of help and it's not really coming because everybody's fighting for themselves and mm. in a way which, you know, I know it's a team game but everyone has, is fighting for themselves in, in environments where you're struggling and you're, you know, you're hovering above relegation and so on. Yeah. Um, so how was it when, when Gary left and obviously David then stepped up? He, he was, I think it was an easy transition anyway because like yeah. I said, David was always doing the coaching, he was looking at it. We knew what he was about, we knew what he needed. I think he, when he first came in, he, he was basically steadying the shit, mm-hmm. steadying the shit, getting the getting the performance, getting the training levels up to a certain standard where we can produce a formula where we can win games and yeah. you know we can stay in the division. And ultimately, we did that that first season. You know, when he took over, you know, it was uh, it was just about getting the right balance. And I think he found that. I think he found that during the back end of the season, going into the the, the, the following season, I think he found that balance which was good. You know, and which he he believed he could. He could work with and, and, and get better. 
Yeah. How how was he for you personally? Like once again, he was he was just it was it was an easy transition because it was I'd seen him as a coach. He'd looked at me as a coach. He'd said to me personally that he'd been to see Gary with yeah. Gary. Sorry, to see me in reserve games and and recommended me because yeah. he seen what I was about and he seen what I could do and he seen what I could produce and he was always pushing me. He was always he was always pushing everybody. Yeah, yeah. You know, he really, really was, but he was always he always believed in me. He always took a bit of time out and believed in me and, and wanted to push me. And like I said, I, I didn't have an easy start and you know, I wasn't producing, I wasn't scoring as many goals as I'd like. But he you know, he kept a, that bit of belief in that I was always in and around there. Yeah. Do you think do you think he helped you then personally, like you in your game? Oh massively. Yeah. I mean it was probably second to third season, you know, after the first season where it really kicked in in terms of what he was how he seen me playing and, and we really gelled as a as a whole, as a team and yeah. how he seen me and because I think I think the obviously the, the first season, obviously the change with Gary and, and, and so on and, and obviously the team. The second year he had changed it a little bit and he found a bit of a balance, which I was probably playing a little bit more. I got the preseason in in, in, in me. I was uh, I was playing a bit more regular, so I was getting the match intensity, I was getting the understanding of the team, the environment. But even that, you know, I was I still could still expected myself to do a lot more at yeah. the time I think it was Kurt and Nashi that was playing and they was doing they was doing well they were scoring goals you know so it was in and out in and out in and out but yeah. sometimes you just got to expect you've just got to accept that and, and move on and try and, and try and push yourself and you know try and force yourself into the team but yeah. you know that second year was a real grounding and real understanding for me personally of where I need to be and what I need to, what I need to do and, yeah. and once again I think it was a learning curve for Moisey as well where he really pushed the team where we was achieving quite a lot. Mm-hmm. We was, you know, we was playing really some really good football, but we was still, we still wasn't that finished article. You know, I think it was, he needed that season. We all needed that season to really, really make a statement to ourselves, really, that we're a good team and, you know, we can go and produce some, something yeah. special here. Um, I know I've, I've seen a video interview with Moisey. Um, I think it was with some coaching channel on YouTube. And I know when I had, um, when I had Luke's on the podcast as well, he spoke about it, uh, just about, I mean, from, from the interview that I saw with Moisey, I got the impression myself, but Luke's, Luke said it himself, that he was really meticulous in his planning and, yeah. and his preparation. I think in, in the video that I watched, he, he said that he did his coaching badges in Scotland initially and yeah. he wasn't sure if they counted the same or if they meant the same down here. So he went through and did them all again down here. Yeah. Um, and then I, I, I watching that, I'm thinking like, bloody hell, he's, he's done done the same lot of work twice just to make sure that he's, he's at a, an acceptable level that he thinks is acceptable. And then the thing that Luke said that stood out to me was and we'll come on to the Birmingham game in a bit, but the Birmingham game in the playoffs. Before that, I think Luke said Moisey pulled, in, pulled him into his office and said, look, if it goes to penalties, I think they had they just been in the Carling Cup or the League yeah, Cup or whatever it was. They got me in the final by Liverpool, I think it was. Yeah, I think, I think that was it. And, and he said, these are the people that are going to take the penalties and this is the way that they're going to go for the penalties. And Luke said, yeah. like, just that, that little bit of time that he spent with him helped him massively and I think he said he went the right way for all but one of the penalties on, on that night. Do you think that that attention to detail was was key in how well that side performed over, over the years? I think, it, I think it was the difference. It was a, We knew where we needed to be from every position on the pitch if the yeah. ball was in a certain area. We knew where we should be. We knew where we should be if the left-back got it, the right-back got it. Uh, for us and against us we knew where if the throw him against us on the edge of the box we knew where we should be individually and collectively as a team he, yeah. he drilled it into us so but I think the, what he did more so than anything was it was the intensity the intensity of training and and the, the really the like you say the attention to detail of every single little aspect of the game you know from set pieces to uh, <clears throat> shape to set play to to pattern of plays, you know, to yeah. for breaking out to, from when the goalkeeper catches it to where we need to be. And it was just, we just knew, we just kind of knew every every detail of where we should be in games and what made us tick and what made us better. And he really focused on what made us better, you know, yeah. rather than, listen, we worked on we worked on a hell of a lot on, on what the other teams are going to do and how to stop them. But 
we were, we was mainly focused on what made us good, what made mm. us tick. And that was a real, for me, that for me personally, I think for the majority of people that you speak to, that was the reason why we were successful because he had the belief in us and we had the belief in him that everything he told us was going to be correct mm. and everything that he was giving us to make us better was going to make us better and we could go in and become a better team and, and, and better individually as well. And, you know, I think, I think once you get that trust as a manager, yeah. you've, you've really, you're, you're onto something special because it's very, it's, it's not, it's rare that you, you, you're in such successful football teams, yeah. especially winning divisions. You know, not, not many players throughout the careers do that. You know, they might be in promote, uh, promotions in certain aspects, but winning divisions and, and scoring goals, it, it's very rare. And I think, uh, I think when you, when you do that, and you, you have a team or a, or a squad that every one of them is buying into something that you're giving them because they believe that you're making them better and they're going to go and be successful because of it. It's, 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 a, it's a very, very good place to be in, as a yeah. manager and as a player as well, you know, as a teammate, because we all got on. You know, it's, you hear different stories where teammates are not getting on and, and so on and so on, but we, collectively as an 18, 19 group of lads, we, we all got on. We yeah. all got on tremendously well and we all work for each other. You know, I, I mean, listen, you might, I might be wrong in saying this, but I'm, I'm sure David Moyes, I don't, has he won anything since he's been at Preston? I don't think so. I don't think he has, has he? No. So, you know, and, and, and that's what I'm saying. It's, it's a very, very strange scenario when you yeah, say yeah. things like that. And you don't mean it negatively yeah. uh, towards him. And just saying, it's, you know, with the success he has to win a championship, you know, albeit whatever division it is, it doesn't matter. You, you, you're winning something, you know, you're creating memories for everybody in yourself. Yeah, exactly. By doing that. And, and that's, what, that, that's what was so special. He, he created an environment that was, it was just fantastic to go in every day. I look forward to it every single, when I finished training, I couldn't wait to get back there the next day to train. Yeah. You know, and when, you, when you create an atmosphere and environment like that, then, you know, it's, you're it's very rare. Like that, yeah. It's fantastic to be involved in, it really. Yeah. Is. And all credit to David because of that, because that's that's exactly what he did. He created a group of lads that all wanted to be in there and train and train at an intensity and a level that that was going to make us better. Mm. And you know, he, he pushed that and he drove that. And some of the some of the ideas and some of his thoughts at the time, you know, the, not many teams were doing them. And he, like I say, he was a he was a fantastic coach and manager in my eyes, anyway. Um, you mentioned obviously the the title and. Uh, the Division Two title. It's just, I think, it's just a few days past twenty years since that. Yeah. Um, just talk me through that that season as a whole, from your point of view, that obviously culminated in winning the winning the league. Yeah. Well, once again, like I said, you know, I think that second year when we got in the playoffs and we got beat by Gillingham, that was a real grounding for us in yeah. terms of where we knew we could go, what we knew we needed to do. Yeah. How good we could actually become under obviously Moyes with his leadership and his, his management and his coaching yeah. and the group of lads that we had and the individuals we had because we was all producing some great performances that season. Mm. But I think the season after we really, really we the, the preseason was probably the hardest I've ever done in my life. So yeah. we upped that or David upped that. You know, he upped the intensity levels, he upped the fitness levels, he upped the <laughs> every single thing we upped it fifty percent. Yeah, you know, and that sounds a lot, but we really did because we knew we could go and achieve something, and it gave yeah. us a belief. and And I think that season we got off to a great start, and we just continued. We just the momentum with the team was just it was just phenomenal. It really was, and, and it, it was just like I say, it was good to be around. And, and even when you get an environment where you, you know you might be fighting for a, for a championship, or but we was, we just wanted to be in and around each other. We wanted to. We wanted to be playing football with each other. We wanted to be training with each other. We wanted to be socialising with each other because we all, we all got on really, really well. Yeah. And, 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 and he created an environment that was a winning environment and a, mm. and a winning mentality. And the best thing you can have is a winning mentality. Um, one, on, one on a specific player from that season. Just, just how good was Tepe? Listen, he produced and it was always a fight between him and David Lucas, wasn't it? Yeah. But it was Tappy that's it that year he, he pulled off some unbelievable saves, you know, and it was it was a it was a it was an unbelievable keeper at times, but very strange at times, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well they say, don't they, if you're a keeper you have to be a bit bit odd. Exactly, exactly. But you know, like like I say, I think him and they had a really good rivalry. Him and, yeah. uh, him and Luke's, you know, they had a really good rivalry and they got on as as individuals and they knew it was gonna to be tough. If he was gonna force somebody out then 
you know, you, you'd have to play unbelievably well uh, when you got your opportunity. Otherwise, the next person was going to step in and, and, and was going to be just as good, if not better. Yeah. So it was, a, it was a great rivalry, but he, was, he, was a, he had a phenomenal season that year. He really did. When, when you came in then, um, there's one player that I'm going to ask you about. How, how big, in terms of his, his presence and how good, was, was Sean Gregan? He was, he was, Sean, listen, fantastic player, fantastic person. You know, he's still speaking to him regularly now, Sean. You know, he's yeah. my captain, really. And I say to him all the time, no, you're my captain because he was. And he was such a leader. He was such a big influence in everything we did that season and the seasons that we've gone on and before that. Because he'd, he'd certainly let you know. You know, if he was if he was on the pitch, <laughs> he'd let you know if he made a mistake. Yeah. And me and him used to get on, have some arguments in training, honestly, because I was a little bit fiery, he was a little bit fiery, but we just wouldn't let, because we knew the standard that we both wanted to be at and yeah, yeah. we expected from everybody else and everybody else expected from us. No one had let you slip from it. No one had let you, you come away from that standard. And, you know, him more than anybody, he was a real driving force, you know, behind behind a lot of success. And he gets, you know, sometimes he gets silenced as being, you know, just his big, not bully, but big person in the middle who's leading, commanding and, and pushing his weight around. But he wasn't. He was a fantastic footballer as well. Yeah, yeah. People don't give him enough credit for the ability he had with the ball. He was, he was a great player. He was a great lad. And he, he, you know, he was a massive, massive reason why we were successful in, yeah. in, in them years. Because, like I say, the social socialising aspect of it, which is a big part for me in football, mm. uh, in winning in the winning mentality, he was you know, the leader in that. He was he was our manager and captain in terms of that when we needed to do things and we needed things sorted out and, and we needed to I suppose get away from football to, to readjust and, and, yeah. and all go out and socialise. He was he was the main one in that in, in organising it and leading it and, and making sure everybody was all right. But first and foremost what he did on the pitch them seasons was it was second to none and like I say he, he drove me forward personally uh, as a lead, as a captain. Yeah. I think I think um, I've had Graham Alexander on, and obviously from from just having that little bit of a conversation there about Greegs with you, but as well when I've spoken to Greza, um, a couple of things that have stood out to me from that period. You've just said that you still call Greegs now your captain. When I had Greza on, he said I still call Moisey Gaffer, and I think yeah. it's just little things like that 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 just sort of emphasise what you've said basically and and, yeah. and emphasize that you know there was a lot of respect and, and a lot of enjoyment from all aspects of the squad that people just got on that well and you you influenced each other and and helped each other and whatnot and I think you know from from the outside looking in I think that's good you know it's really nice to hear that was, that was going on as well we knew, listen we knew if anybody made a mistake we was there to back them up yeah and when you've got people like that in your team and in your squad that you know, are willing to do that and, and and fight tooth and nail for you for you personally. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's such a relief, and you know, it's such a good feeling to have because there was many times, you know, I'd make miss a chance and someone would score him, or we'd, we'd get out of it, or make a mistake, and vice versa. And yeah. it was such a, it was such a, like I say, it was such a great place. But you know, with Greens as well, you know, he was a, he was a big driving force in everything that we did, and he was a real, real captain, real leader, and and, and he, he proved that. He yeah. went to a different clubs and he was captain everywhere he went, wasn't he? Because of that reason. And yeah, like yeah. I say, I, you know, I still call him captain all the time now. Yeah. He just was to me, you know, he was just that kind of person to me. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen much of, of North End this season, well, the last few seasons, or specifically Ben Pearson. Um, yeah. But there's been, a bit, amongst like fans online, there's a lot of comparisons between Ben and, and Sean. And... I think, I mean, I, I started coming on North End regularly to the point where I remember it around the time that you left. Um, but, and, and again, I remember bits of seeing Greegs as well, but I think a lot of people immediately jumped to Ben Pearson as being a, a better footballer. And I think that's maybe something that Greegs doesn't get the recognition for. Oh, well, honestly, listen, you might be, I've not seen much at North End games, obviously, because I was managing at Radcliffe. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I couldn't get to any games, but <clears throat> Ben Pearson's fantastic player, fantastic talent. I've heard a lot of great things about him, you know, but, you know, Sean was a, he was such a talented football player and honestly, he didn't get the credit he deserved. He, the ball at his feet, he could do anything, you know, his passing range was fantastic. He could use both feet, 
you know, he could volley, he scored some great goals as well. Yeah, yeah. So it was, uh, he, he was a great player. He really was. And like I say, he doesn't get the credit he deserves sometimes. Yeah. But with that, I'm, you know, I'm not too sure because I've not seen enough of him. You know, but it's, it's, it's great shoes to be, uh, to fill in, isn't it? With yeah, it's, it's a good comparison player. to have, isn't it? Me, it is. It's a great comparison to have because he played for some great teams, Greeks, and he was captain of a lot of big, big football clubs. Yeah. Yeah, the one that I always remember is the, because uh, he was, was he captain at West Brom the year that they did the impossible yeah. and stayed up in the prep? Yeah, he was captain at West Brom. I think he was captain at Leeds as well, wasn't he? If I'm yeah, I think he was, yeah. He was captain at Leeds as well. So, listen, like I said, there's some big, big clubs there. Yeah. So, on to, I'm sure you get asked about this all the time, but the, the goal against Man City, just just talk me through it from, from your point of view. Like, did, How did you spot Nicky Weaver off his line? You know what? I'd, I'd looked. I'd, it was it was a couple of minutes before, five minutes before, but I'd looked and I'd seen him off his line. And I, I remember thinking, if he comes, I'm having a go. I'm just having yeah. a go. And he, he just landed perfect. It was and just one of them. It just it just landed perfect, and I, I knew what I was doing straight away. <clears throat> and it's always funny, isn't it? And you you get a great connection to it, and you're watching it, you're watching it, you're watching it, and you kind of realise it's gone in. But you know, listen, it was a great goal. It was a great goal for me personally because of obviously the connections to Man City. You know, yeah. a lot. People there. It was a great day for for Preston North End in general because it was on telly. It was a massive crowd. It was City who were going to be champions, and and once again, it was. I think it was us, Preston North End, showing that we can beat anybody. Yeah. Anybody on the day, anybody yeah. in the division on the day, and and we, we proved that over many many seasons. You know, we, we we was a match to anybody, and no other than that. That because they had a great team that that year, Man City, a fantastic yeah. squad. You know, and I think we we deserved the win on the day and. You know, my goal it was just it was a great goal for me personally and mm. you know, I think that at the time it was a, it was just a great goal to, to show to showcase really Preston what we was all about yeah and I mean it did get showcased because I was in my grandparents when I was younger lived in Dubai um, so I was out in Dubai with my mum yeah. so I wasn't at the game and I saw your goal on on TV in Dubai of all places well there you go um, I've not heard that one before but uh, yeah I'll take that one as well see yeah, no, hey. you it was ITV, wasn't it? It was ITV, it was ITV Sport Channel that was yeah. and they went, they folded, didn't they? So it, yeah, yeah. it never got shown really in, in that aspect because it was actually their department, so they couldn't really show it as much. It was always like YouTube and, and things yeah, like that. Yeah. The From the Finney podcast is brought to you in partnership with our title sponsor, Lanks Live. Lanks Live is the most popular news source in the county and is run entirely by a local team who all care dearly about the areas in which they live. On to matters football, specifically Preston North End, and George Hodgson is their man at Deepdale. He's a North End fan and he asks the questions that the fans want answered. The best thing about Lanks Live is that the news is all free to read and the best way to keep on top of it all is by downloading the app or signing up to the newsletter. Head on over to lanks.live and sign up today. To stay up to date with all the latest news coming from Deepdale, follow their dedicated Twitter account, at PNE Live. And now, back to the podcast. So, the, obviously we touched on Birmingham before. How much do you think the momentum from the previous season going into that, that game against Birmingham and obviously that season as a whole, how much do you think that momentum carried over and, and, and carried you, you boys as, as a group? Well, I think it, you know, it wasn't just momentum. It was the belief that we had from the, you know, the I won't say the previous season when we went up, but the, you know, the year before as well when we got yeah. in, the, in the playoffs. We knew what it took. We knew what it took to beat teams. And, and Birmingham was a great side. You know, they'd been in the League Cup final. They, was, uh, they had some fantastic players, but... I think that belief, the belief for us that season was just, it was, it, it, we, was, we, was we was right up there. We was, di- we was really disappointed when we lost football matches. Yeah. You know, and we was disappointed really that we was, I won't say in the playoffs because we was happy we was in the playoffs, but we, you know, you're disappointed that you're not producing a little bit more because yeah, yeah, yeah. that season Blackburn won it, didn't they, at, uh, at North End? I think they uh, went up like yeah. North End. On the team they vaguely remember. So it was one of them. It was like, well, you know, that's that, that really, it got me anyway, it got me angry and it got me mad. So it was going to go right, okay, then the next stage. And I think looking back now, I think when we when when we went into the game, it was it was it was a massive opportunity for us as a club to obviously take that next step, which yeah. I think we all believed that we was going to do it. I think yeah. we all believed that we was and we give everything we did, we give everything we did in the uh, 
in the, in the game against Birmingham, both yeah. games against Birmingham, sorry. And I think it's shown at the end, didn't it, with, with the relief by everybody, but in a way, was that our final, possibly? You know, mm. you're looking at it now and you're thinking, did we give a little bit too much? And you've seen it in many, many different sporting events where semi-finals ultimately become the final for certain teams. Yeah, yeah. You know, and looking back, uh, looking back, I think we, uh, I think we give everything we possibly could, and it was a great, great experience, fantastic experience, but we probably just peaked, peaked, burnt ourselves out a little bit, and 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 I won't say we didn't take it seriously the final, but I think we probably we t- we turned up for we turned up as an occasion where they turned up for a game. Yeah, you know, they turned up really professional. Bang, bang, bang! This is what we're going to do. And even though we, I think we, I, I do believe we should have got some out of the game in terms of, you know, we should have got a goal and we should have, and we did push them, we pushed them all the way and the score flatters them a little bit. And once again, they had experienced lads who, who was, <laughs> who had played a lot of very, very high profile games. So yeah. I think, like I say, uh, in, 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 in ways, I think we, we regret that we probably had our final in the semi-final. When mm-hmm. we, and, and the way it happened as well. Yeah. Exactly. Obviously, going to penalties and all that sort of stuff. Exactly, going to penalties, and then we had two a day, two or three days where we was still celebrating. You know, getting magnificent achievement, getting to the final uh, against Bolton, and then when we went there, listen, we went there to win. We never went there to lose any any football match, but we probably, I think, they were so professional in everything that they did, and I think the occasion may have got to us a little bit in terms of, you know, I, I won't say our build up because David was so. You know, he was precise in everything that he did, and yeah. he was, you know, to the T, bang, bang, bang. This is what we're doing. This is what we're doing. And I think, you know, personally, I think for us all as a team, it was probably, you know, just got to us a little bit the occasion. Yeah. You know, we wanted to experience the occasion rather than taking the next step again. Yeah, which is disappointing. You know, when you look back and I suppose you regret it a little bit, don't you? Because you never want to lose football matches ever. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes for different reasons or unbeknown reasons, things happen. Yeah, I mean, I was, what would I have been? Maybe 10, something like that. And I, I remember, I just remember walking away from, from the ground afterwards and uh, my mum and dad were split up at the time and I went down with my mum. My dad had gone on the piss with all his mates and <laughs> um, me and my mum went down. And I just, I, I remember being more disappointed at not being able to talk to my mum about the game in the, in the car on the way back because I knew she didn't give a shit about football. <laughs> <laughs> she, she'd just taken me because she didn't want me to miss miss the final. Um, but I mean, yeah, it is what it is. I, I actually had, I had Chris Brown on the podcast last night, um, and obviously the season that North End got to the playoffs and we played Sheffield United in the semis yeah. and we ended up getting beat. And he he said the same sort of thing about. The game that we played that got us into the playoffs against QPR toward the end of the season, I think it was like the fourth or fifth last game of the season, something like that. Um, it, he he pretty much said the same thing. He, he felt like that was the moment for for the for the lads that 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 was almost like their final, their pinnacle, if you will. It is. It's strange. It's a strange. It's a strange scenario because you you, you do. There's no rationale behind it you don't mean yeah. to do it you know your, your motivation your, your fitness your desire to go and win a football match is still there but it's just it's weird you see it's, well, it's happened numerous times I mean indifferent the World Cup in the rugby was the, the main one in it recently with, yeah. with the New Zealand that was their final yeah they just didn't turn up for the final and <clears throat> you've seen it in many many playoff finals as well I, I believe you know it's weird. It's a weird scenario, isn't it? But it's just—it's just one. Of well, the- uh, Derby the other season, you know, the the semi-final games that they had against Leeds. Yeah. And then obviously they they got to the final and didn't really turn up on the day. But we did it. We did it when I was at Derby with uh, with Billy Davies actually when we played. Uh, did you go South to Africa. Derby? Yeah, I went to Derby from Palace yeah. with Billy Davies. I don't remember that. Yeah, we got beat by. Well, we sorry, we got beat. We beat Southampton in the semi-finals. Uh, home and away, beat them on penalties, went to yeah. the final, beat West Brom 1-0. But West Brom was all, you know, singing and dancing as if they was going to go up and they, was, you know, they should have gone up really because but we, we beat them 1-0 and we went up and they, and they didn't. And, yeah. You know, it's just, it's, on the day, it's just one of them things. That's it, isn't it? It's just, just yeah. one of them. So, 
that that night against Birmingham. I mean, have you got any any memories or any stories that stick with you from the time that that maybe aren't common knowledge that that you can share? Do you know what I haven't? And I wish I could remember. You know, the thing with football is right when you're doing it, you you try and it's always recollection, and it's always when somebody says something, yeah, you go, oh yeah, I remember that, and then you you join in with it. That. Triggers you, doesn't it? It's like like I said, someone recently, Paul McKenna was the one for that. He'd never forget a story. He'd always have something you know, going on in his mind and he'd always throw something at you later on. Yeah. But I, I just remember the occasion. Obviously, we all remember uh, Trevor Francis, his yeah. uh, antics and what he was doing, which was ridiculous. It was strange. But what, what were you thinking as a group when he was doing that? Do you know what? Personally, I was thinking, he, well, he's, he's, they're gone now. They've gone. Yeah. We've beat them. We've beat them. They don't know what to do. And although it's penalties, you, you know, you never know what's going to happen. I, I, I just believed. And I think, I think he took everyone by surprise with what he was doing and yeah. why he was, the reason why he was saying it. Because I suppose as, as a group of lads, you're looking to your manager as, as a bit of a leader, aren't you, at that yeah. point in time? And, and if well, he's fannying around and doing all that sort of stuff. I'll tell, tell you what we do remember. I do remember. I remember Jasper Carrick coming in with all champagne bottles before the game. Yeah, I've been told that. And we've all seen that. And that was a real... It wound us up, really. Yeah. It really wound us up and, you know, gives you that little bit extra... <laughs> but to do that, and listen, it's happened. It's happened many times, and these, I don't think there's any malice in it. It's just a case of they're doing it just in case, you know. Yeah. There's, all, there's always parties arranged if you win finals, and you, yeah. you know, blah blah blah. But I think he did it, but to show us that he was doing that as well, the changing rooms right next to each other. Yeah, yeah. It was a bad mistake on his part, but you know, you, I suppose you learn from them things, don't you? It's it's similar to. Obviously, it's five, it's five years this year since we, we won at Wembley in, and came up through the playoffs to get into the championship yeah. from League One. And um, I, I remember I got told at the time that the lads had just got on the bus afterwards and gone straight back up to Preston. And I remember being like really gobsmacked that they weren't staying down in London to, to have a yeah. party and a celebration. And I can't remember who it was that told me, but they said, well, basically the club's thinking is we've, we've been to that many playoff finals and semi-finals. Yeah and failed with things organised afterwards in case we win that this time they've just they've just gone we're not going to plan anything and you know if we win we'll we'll just get back on the bus have a party on the bus and, and go out when we get back yeah um, so obviously that that was kind of the opposite to what what Birmingham did but yeah I've been told that story about Jasper Carrot before yeah he did he did that's what he did and I remember that and like I say he inspired us a little bit I suppose because yeah. he got us angry sometimes when he gives you gives you like a little bit more motivation and I think we produced that night anyway. I know it went right to the wire, didn't it? But I think we produced that night. Yeah, anyway. I'd say so. I'd say so. Um, so how did you how did you move away from North End? Come about? It was very once again. There was a lot. I think there was a lot of interest at the time, wasn't there? There was. Uh, the Wolves had put a couple of bids in. I think Blackburn had put a bid in, or was you know talking to the club about putting bids in. Uh, one or two others, and I think. Uh, Obviously, it came around, and it was. It was. I think we was. We was just on a. We was on training, and we was getting ready to go for a away trip to Millwall. I think it was. I'm sure it was on Monday. Monday. I'm sure we was getting a trip to Millwall. We played Millwall away, and anyway, I was having. I went in early because the team that was playing went in early, and yeah. And he, uh, I was getting a. I, was, I think I was getting a massage, or I was walking in, and he pulled me to one side. And he just said, "Listen, the club have accepted a bid." Or he, I, I surely pulled me in his office. He must have pulled me in his office and said, "Listen, the club." Uh, I've accepted a bid. Uh, I think it's, you should go. It's Man City, and then obviously you know it's five million. The club are not going to refuse. Not going to turn it down. And do you know what? Looking back, I was. I said, listen, I want to go, David. And, you know, obviously, I want to go and speak to him at least, and I want to go and see what it is and see if we can do anything. And you know, it's a big opportunity for me. And he went, listen, John, I know it is. You've been fantastic. Give each other a hug. Said goodbyes. Blah blah blah. You know, and you look back at it now and you think to yourself, you know, if, if you would have stayed, maybe could have done something else. But listen, I don't regret I don't regret taking taking that move because it was a big big move for, for Preston. It was a big move for me. Yeah. You know, was, I, I think I, it was a record fee at the time for the club. It was a record fee for Man City, yeah. It was a record fee for Man City. So uh, it wasn't for long, like I think they signed an Elka not long after it, but uh, <laughs> one of them anyway. But it was uh, at the end of the day it was it was it was a big opportunity for me personally as well. And it was if I had a fantastic experience at Man City, you know, yeah. to see the club now where they are. But it was when I went there as well. It was a it was a big big football club. Obviously. And like you said, club that you followed with your dad when you were younger as well. 
exactly. You know, and he had a fantastic side, and we, we actually got promoted promoted that year yeah. into the uh, Premier League. So it was it was a great opportunity, but uh, obviously sad as well because I didn't want to be leaving everything that we'd been do- doing for so long yeah. at North End. We still had a great opportunity of getting in the playoffs or you know going up there uh, because I think we we just kicked on then. We was putting some real good performances in, mm. uh, but you know football being football, uh, it is what it is, isn't it? Things change drastically, don't they, or dramatically, and and, and that happened. And like I say, I've, I I went there, and you know things happened a little bit differently in terms of in terms of career. Yeah, how did I've been asked to ask you how you felt when uh, was it was it Kevin Keegan that was in Keegan, charge yeah. when he when he put David James on up front <laughs> and left oh, you on he the bench. In charge, didn't he? It was Stuart Pearce. Stuart Pearce, that was it. Stuart Pearce, yeah. Kevin Keegan wouldn't have done anything as stupid as that. <laughs> how, how were you feeling when, when that all happened? <laughs> to be honest, I knew it was happening anyway because we obviously Les Chapman, who was a kit man anyway, uh, at the time, he, he obviously you get wind of things, don't you? Yeah, yeah. That are happening and so on and so on. And Stuart Pearce being Stuart Pearce, and he's not never going to shy away from doing something that is going to be a little bit controversial, I suppose, in, in terms of uh, what his decision was. Yeah, I was disappointed. I was angry, obviously, because as you can imagine, me being me, I'd always made a difference yeah. in terms of big games. I've always scored in big games. I did after it, and I'd done previous to that. I wasn't having the greatest of season, but me being a striker, I know what to do at certain times. Yeah, you back yourself, and, don't you? Uh, you do back yourself. You do back yourself, and we needed a goal. And, and I think he's. I think he did a. I know, he was on Talk Sport or something recently, and he said something, something along the lines of his assistant Steve Wigley which Steve Wigley wasn't there when I was there so I don't know where he's got that one from but yeah. he's kind of I think he was kind of making excuses for what he was because he said he'd be if he would have paid off he would have been Mourinho well <laughs> he isn't and that says a lot doesn't it I think he, Stuart Pearce has got a long way to go before he reaches well, Jose's exactly, levels but at the end of the day he, he made a decision as a manager Yeah. for me personally yeah. it was a stupid decision I think if you ask many many managers they'll say it was a stupid decision I think you know. Looking back, he's, he, he wasn't the right. He wasn't the right atmosphere. He wasn't the right mood. Wasn't the right way to do that. He did it, <clears throat> but he did it. So what can you do as a player? Is, you just move yeah, on, yeah. don't you? You accept it and you move on. I mean, at the end of the day, I suppose people people connect me to it, but realistically, I had nothing to do with it. I had yeah. no impact on it whatsoever. It was just one man's decision to do something out it of the ordinary. You know, he believed that was going to be a success, which I think, I think that in reality, you look at it and I don't think it's been done since, or it was done many times before, so yeah, out of the ordinary, out of the blue, yeah. is, is, uh, is, is the word to say, really. Yeah, I think that's probably a good way to sum it up. Um, just got a few questions then, and yeah. then we're, we're, we're good to go. Who is the best strike partner that you played with at North End? Because I think you played with Kurt Nogan. Steve yeah, Basham and Richard Creswell and David Healy. David Healy, yeah, I think we had a great partnership. Me and David, yeah. I think we had uh, what he did was look. You know, we had a good connection. We once you as strikers, you always get an understanding with you know certain players, and, and me and David had a really good connection, and we worked hard together. We knew each other. We knew what each other wanted. We knew what made each other tick. And you know, I think we were both pleased when each other was scoring goals as well. And that's always a a healthy relationship to have in terms of strike partnership and. You know, he was he was a fantastic player, fantastic talent. So I, yeah. you know, I think David Ealer. Um what was the what was the best moment for me time at North End? Best moment? Many. Many, many moments. I think promotion was was bang up there, definitely. Yeah. You know, you'd like to say the playoffs, but obviously the result wasn't wasn't yeah, it what it was meant to be. But the whole the whole day, the whole build up to it all was, you know, it, it was magnificent, honestly. It was and it is it, like I say, creating memories. When you're yeah. a footballer, you, it's about creating memories for people and yourself. And that that day was 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 memorable for me personally because you know just driving to the ground and seeing the support and and seeing what it meant to people and you know disappointment after it, it, it still lives with you. So yeah. memories are they're, they're always fantastic, but fantastic times. But the whole five years, the whole five years of being at North End, you know, I've got great memories and it's, it means so much to me the the, the club. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, obviously, yeah. you still come back from time to time. I do, and like I've said, you know, I've said to you know 
different people at certain times. It's like I'm managing now and I'm coaching now. It's, it's mm. an ambition of mine to go back there and help them achieve something which we didn't achieve when I was there, you know, and that's getting to the Premier League, which I, yeah. I truly believe that the club deserves to be, and honestly, for the fans, for the city, for the, for the actual club, for all the ex-players, for the players who are there now. And I think Alex Neal's doing a fantastic job, by the way. He's, yeah. You know, and I think it's obviously a disappointment that's what's happening, but I think what he's achieved, he's, he's been phenomenal, honestly, with the, you know, the players and the, the way he's got the players performing, the way they mm. are. And, and the budget we've got as well. I think we're like a bottom exactly. four, bottom five budget. Exactly, but it doesn't always mean, I mean, the budgets are a big thing and ultimately the ones who've got the biggest budget are always at the top of the league and, and, and vice versa. But, you know, sometimes, and it's all credit to Alex Neil, what he's doing is when you've got a budget like you have and you've got the environment that you've, he's created and the players, it's, it reminds me very much of what, you know, we had at the, at the time with David Moyes and how he's got the players performing to a certain level and, he, yeah. you know, they don't, they don't shy away from it and they don't shy away from a challenge as well, which is, yeah. you know, it's a big task. Yeah, it is. So, who who was the best player that you played with? Just just player, not specific position, but player I played with probably. You know, I've been asked this before, and when you look back at players that I've played with, Ayel uh, Berkovic, probably one of the most talented players I've ever played with, Anelka, Fowler, Ali Benavia, Peter Schmeichel. If you're looking at goalies, you know, yeah. so there's many. You know, I'd probably say Ayel Berkovic. Yeah, you know, and, and at North End, who would you say? At North End? Oof. You know, you'd probably be looking at Griggs, Griggs, McKenna, Graham Alexander, you know, them kind of players, fantastic, talented players. If you could go back then and give yourself some advice from the time that you were at North End, what would it be? Personally, it wouldn't be, go, don't go on the transfer list. <laughs> One massive, massive regret of mine, like, a, you know... It was obviously the advice at the time wasn't correct advice, it wasn't good advice and I really, really regret that because it was something that I didn't want to do at the time and I regret it now because it, it just it, it put me all out of sync. It, it wasn't me, it's not me personally, the way I, I behave yeah. in, in, in any walk of life and I just don't know why it happened and I don't know why I did it and listen, I'm just thankful for David Moyes at the time who was, and my teammates by the way, who, who all still stuck by me, stuck mm. with me and, and, and pushed me forward. David Moyes was top drawer as a manager then. Yeah. He really, really was speaking to me all the time. He was trying to understand and make me understand, you know, the club and everything else like that. And I, I really thank him for that so much. Yeah. What what led to that then? It was just, once again, it was just, uh, it was offers from different clubs when it coming in. Yeah. The club turning them down, which they're in the right to. And I totally understand why they did do that. Uh and it was just basically, uh, you know, I say frustration, but I suppose it wasn't frustration. It was, it was understanding myself where I, I fit in and, and thinking, right, look, and you've had all these bids and getting advice saying, well, you've got to put a transfer request in if you want to go to this club. And Wolves yeah, were the yeah. club at the time, if you remember, wasn't they? And they put a, a big bid in for me. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, listen, I just, I just regret it. I regret, I regret the whole episode of it and I, I just wish it wouldn't have happened because... Like I said, it's not me. It's not what I wanted, anything yeah. on my record when I was at North End at all. I suppose, like, like you said, at least you can look back and, you know, you, you had the backing of your manager and your teammates at the time and, yeah, and they understood everything. I'll tell you what else. I, I'd, love to, I'd love to put that header in the first five, six minutes of the playoff final against Bolton. I'd like to put that in, change that. That's one big thing that I'd like to change. Definitely. Yeah, yeah that, could have, that could have proved to be massive. Exactly. We would have got beat. If I would have scored that, we would have got beat. But, well, there you go. It is what it is, isn't it? Exactly. Um, so, have you, I mean, I kind of touched on it a little bit before, but it was mainly about the Birmingham thing. But overall, have you got any stories or any memories that stick with you from your time at North End? Any funny moments? or? Not really. I've got loads, but I can't really remember them, if I'm honest. And I, yeah. You know what I mean? That's one thing that I regret because... You kind of just you just drift by, don't it? And then you don't. It's when when somebody says if there was two or three of the lads on here now, and someone would say something, you'd go, "Oh yeah," and then you join in and relax yeah, yeah. in it. But just my, listen, the whole experience was funny. Going yeah. away with when we got promoted and we went to Magaluf and Kenny was walking around the pool with two oranges in his in his trunks. That was one funny moment. He's got his accent, but he'll tell you more about that story. You know what I mean? He was, I think he was doing it for about four hours, and everyone was looking at him, but. That's kind of all over that. Funny, yeah. funny like. Last one then. Yeah. Uh, don't know. We could do this 
Two ways, actually. Yeah. Uh, right. So two questions, but the same question. So a five-a-side team that yeah. you can put together, you can include yourself yeah. in it or not if you want, one from just players that you played with at North End and then yeah. one from players that you've just played with throughout your career. So North End players could get in that one as well. Or Yeah, okay. Right, North End, I'd go Luke's, Drezzo, McKenna, Healer, Griggs. Yeah, that's not a bad team. Yeah, I'd go them. Uh, I'd go Peter Schmeichel. Yeah. I'd go... So five, who million am I looking at? Ail Berkovic, Ali Benabio, Nicholas and Elko. And... Going to put Griggs in again. Yeah, I thought you might say that. Put Griggs in again. Yeah, cheers for that, John. No problem at all, mate. Really appreciate that. I really enjoyed it. No problem, mate.